Content on this production is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute medical treatment or diagnosis. Seek medical help if you believe that you are suffering from a mental illness or are a threat to yourself or others. By using any or all of the information provided, you do so at your own risk. Any application of the material is at the listener's discretion and is his or her sole responsibility. Hey everybody, welcome back to Doc Talks here. Uh, we are doing Doc Talks DX here where we talk about the diagnoses of mental health and how we arrive at those things. Uh, hopefully you've listened to the podcast prior to this with Welly Jackson, who I have mm-hmm. here with me. I'm here. Uh, he is here and he is ready to go. Yes, let's do it. Although he said he was a little anxious. <laughs> Uh, I had made his anxiety go through the roof, but I, I do want to clarify, I believe, uh, that you do not have any type of mental health diagnosis. No. Uh, have you ever seen a therapist or anything of that nature? It's the first time. I okay. Think, I think I do. I definitely need to talk to somebody. Okay. We all need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell people, uh, and, and I would tell them this, even if I weren't in mental health, that it would be good to get a checkup, you know, at least every six months, you know, you are supposed to get an annual physical, you know, and, and mental health, we need to take just as seriously as any other type of, of health. So it's always good to talk to, but it's also good to know that you can talk to somebody who you can sue their pants off if they repeat it because you That's have privacy. And uh, I, I tell people I see a therapist every Thursday at two o'clock and I'm not ashamed to say it, but he tells me a lot of times, I don't know if I should pay you or if you should pay me oh. after this because, you know, it's kind of a, a mutual mutual thing. So, uh, as I said, hopefully you have followed us over from the original Doc Talks uh, podcast. And if you have, uh, we're going to be pointing out some things that that has been gone in Welly Jackson's life now as a career as a comedian, actor, and a writer. So, uh, Welly, one of the first things that I noticed about you is that you have a very positive Vibe. I'll just use the word vibe. Yeah, everybody says that. Like every, literally everyone says that, and that, and that comes from. I've had terrible jobs, and I've seen people who are in their sixties, and they hate that job, and they've been there for thirty years, and I was like, "Well, you're not gonna leave this." And it's like, the what could make that better? What could prevent me from being that person? And it's simply my outlook on life. Right. Uh, my mother would say, which I would never tell this to a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mother would say, if you're not happy, then do something else. But if you don't do something else, then don't complain about it because you could fix it. But you chose exactly. not to. You chose this. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I know everything, everything is mostly, ugh, everything's temporary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're having a bad time right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. A lot yeah. of times people let one bad thing that happened to them in the morning affect their whole day. Absolutely. And that was one thing. It ruined your whole day. Yeah. And well, the person who did that to you, oh, they having the best time of their life. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the psychology facts that I covered on my TikTok is that the the theory is that it takes five positive comments to undo one negative. That seems about true. And yeah. And so, you know— we can we can see that one thing can ruin our entire day 
Uh, and it really doesn't matter what that, that one thing is. It really doesn't even matter who says it. That's absolutely true. Especially these days with social media, it could be a stranger. Yes. And I've mentioned too, you know, on TikTok that there is a level of amenity there of where people say something you don't even know who they are, but then it bothers you because somebody said it. The key here is in order for someone to say something that bothers you, you have to value their opinion. Say it again. I'm sorry. I just had and this. You're uh, somebody just sent me some nudes to my phone. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I'm you uh, want to see? Was, I know you're married. You want to see? It was those Hispanic women. From, yeah, exactly. From, yeah, from, I got a degree yeah, in that. Man. But guys, yeah. what was you saying? Um, when when someone says something to us mm-hmm. that affects us negatively, what we have done in order for it to affect us negatively, we have to value their opinion. You're right. And if we value their opinion, then we're saying that their opinion is better than mine. Yes. Why would we give somebody that kind of control over us that we don't even know? Low self-esteem. A hundred percent. So how do we fix that? With You have to build yourself up and you have to, yeah, you have to build yourself up. And what it is, is essentially like mental push-ups. There's no equipment. It's a floor. You do it. Work at your pace, but what you're doing is you're building yourself up, literally. Right. So within low self-esteem, you kind of have to get to a point of where you know your worth. Yeah. I've explained this way to people that have failing relationships. If you owned uh, a Lamborghini. Right. It was worth— Terrible decision to own a Lamborghini. 100%. You should definitely lease something like that. Sure. Yes. Or go rent it for a weekend and yeah. You go, know, take your pictures, put yeah, them on Instagram, it, but or go find one and take your picture beside it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Well, you don't. That, that Lamborghini's cost four hundred thousand dollars. So, <laughs> so, when, so when the brakes, when you need new brakes, because you're gonna need new brakes, it's just no. Those are not. You can't go to Pep Boys for those brakes. Right. <laughs> so, so the question is, if you owned a Lamborghini, a four hundred thousand dollar. Lamborghini, mm-hmm. and you owned it outright. Right. Would you sell it to a stranger for $10? Never. No, nobody would. No. But we sell our entire worth to people we don't even know for nothing. Free. Free. We Absolutely. give it away. Yes. We give it away. And and we do that because we've been taught if we don't value other people's opinion, we're selfish. And you know what I learned? There's nothing wrong with being selfish. I'm glad that you said because that. Because if you don't take care of your, what selfish really is, is looking out for yourself and taking care of yourself. 100%. And it makes other people uncomfortable when you do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That's what's, that's, and so people put this negative connotation on that's selfish. No, it's not. I got to take care of me. If I don't, who is going to? Because if you're not healthy, you can't help anybody else. Right. If and no women not... are going to want you. And who wants to be out here womanless? <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that you're not married, nor do you have a uh, a girlfriend right now. I do, but she don't listen to this podcast. Okay, so cool. Okay. Cool. We good. We good. She listened to murder yeah. mystery podcasts. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I'll need to have her on as a guest, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, some other time, some other place. Uh, but within that, you know, even within a relationship, mm-hmm. it's okay to be selfish. Yes. Because we have to 
take care of us. Yes. One bit of advice that I, I give people, and I may have said this on a previous podcast, but it's really good advice, so it, it's worth saying again, is that when it comes to your life, mm-hmm. everybody has an opinion. Oh, yes. But nobody has a vote but you. Right. Everybody, yes, that is so true. Like, people can literally sit on the couch and tell you, how you can be the best doctor. They've never even taken a blood pressure in their life. Mm -hmm. It's like, you guys don't even have, you know, like that bag, that's a doctor's Mm -hmm. bag. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't even have the damn bag. So how are you even telling me how, like, you just started wearing surgical masks in March. How the hell are you going to tell me I'm 40 years into this profession? Right. Or when somebody comes to therapy and they said, Okay, well, yeah, but I don't agree with your diagnosis because Google says if if you, all right. So with that being said, you should go get on. There's a reason you're in my office and not at <laughs> not on your laptop. Like <laughs> Google led you astray somewhere. Yeah. My my son's primary care physician pedi- pediatrician has a sign in her office that says, "Do not confuse your Google search with my medical degree." Yeah, and uh, but. We value opinions that have no worth to us. Yes, every day. And we let that tear us down. Yeah. But in being an actor and a comedian, isn't that part of your job? Yes. Like, I, you don't know how many times. I mean, like, so many times I've literally gotten off stage killed shows where it's like people are in tears and one person will come up to me and be like, you should have said this. It's like, no, everything I said worked perfectly fine. It couldn't have went any better. And you do taxes and you think that you have a funnier line than what I wrote. I do this shit every day. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is like that. You do look for validation within strangers. For the most part with me, I've put so much time and so much work in in the comedy that I know I'm funny. I know that, but I respect comedy so much that I know just because I was funny yesterday doesn't mean I was funny today. Mm -hmm. And there may be people in here who don't think I'm funny. So I I look at being funny as a license that you got to renew every single day. Mm -hmm. So if you're a comedian, you're not active and you're not on stage as often you didn't renew your license this day. Right. And and I think that that is a lesson that some of the younger comedians are having to learn. Yeah. Uh, that all of a sudden they're not relevant anymore. No, it, and uh, it happens quick, especially now there's a pandemic going on and people are, like I noticed the landscape of comedy is completely different. A lot of, I've seen famous comedians say, this is it for me. And at the same time, there are younger comedians who go, yeah, when things go back, I'll be back on stage, and that's foolish to me because those people haven't been on stage since March. We're in pretty much October now, and it's like, wow, I did a show last night. So when things open up, I'm at, I'm on my A game now. I'm back, I'm back on my A game. So if things open up tonight, it's like I didn't miss a beat. I actually think I'm better now. So the people who are trying to work their way back in who haven't been doing it for all of those months. Now you got to watch me better than I was. That's going to do something to your confidence. 
and your life expectancy in comedy can't be long after that. You see people who had the same car. Everyone during this pandemic were dealt the same cards. What you were doing for a living in your comfort zone has been altered possibly forever. How do you deal with that? And then to see other people who do the same thing as you, it's like, he didn't miss a beat. How did this happen? That takes a toll on your mental psyche. And it, it that causes a lot of anxiety. I, I would imagine a lot of self-doubt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that has to affect you. And I'm just glad I was able to turn a pandemic into a positive. Sure. So you you said a word, kind of stole my thunder, but that's okay. I got you words. Got, you got you got good words. Um, as as you were talking in the previous podcast podcast, if I can say my words here, <laughs> uh, we're talking about how that everything you try to look at a positive perspective, but the common term or, or feeling that I got from all of it was that you need validation. Uh, when you're first, when you had your first comedy show, yeah, you told the comedian, "If you think that I'm good enough, then you book me on a show." Yeah, because then you—that did- was Colin King. Shout out yeah. to Colin King. That's my man. He started me. So, if you weren't booked on a show, it wasn't your fault. I was looking for any excuse not to do comedy. Well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're ruining it here. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Follow my guidelines. All right. All right, all right. Stick to the script. Come on. Let's yeah, go. Come on. You got your script over there. Read this. <laughs> uh, no. It, the, the whole part of it was is that whether you consciously knew this, mm-hmm. what you were saying is if he doesn't get me booked, I've not failed. He's failed. Mm. And so what you were doing was this ability to grow yourself, uh-huh. you put off on somebody else because you needed the validation because you didn't think you were good enough to do it. Yeah, absolutely right. I didn't think I was a comedian comedy material at all. Right. I, Because I, I, I knew there was a difference between making your friends laugh and making strangers laugh. Mm-hmm. And then when I said I looked at who I was, who was telling me I was funny. When I realized it was random people in the bank, nobody's trying to laugh in the bank. People mm-hmm. are trying to make transactions. This is right. a very serious thing. There was old women in the bank, and then you have the the middle-aged Indian guy. Mm-hmm. He's telling, hey, man, you're very funny. And it's like, you two people have nothing in common, mm-hmm. and you definitely have nothing in common with me. But for a second, I put us all on the same level and made us laugh. Maybe there may be something here. Right. And that's what... That was re- that was what I was like. I'm gonna stick with this. Right. So the problem with people who have a constant need to be va- uh, validated mm-hmm. is that if you allow somebody to validate you, then that gives them the control to devalue you. Your whole life, you're gonna be, yes. And so what it's we have no control. To, yeah. So what we have to be careful about is who we let value us. You're right. Who we let validate us. Now I could sit here and go, hey, well, you're you're an excellent comedian. You don't know me from anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just my opinion. And my opinion and ten dollars will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You know, yeah. which, you know, is kind of humorous in itself since people pay me for my opinion. Mm-hmm. So which was a terrible joke, which shows you I shouldn't be a comedian. <laughs> exactly. You're the comedian. So, well, but comedians don't understand jokes. We don't get that. It doesn't click. Because the way we like, all right, the way you may tell a joke, we would never tell a joke that way. So maybe you need to listen to me and how I tell jokes more. <laughs> no. 
You're like, I've made it. I don't need your help. No, I've, I didn't make I've, it yet. I didn't make it yet. My, 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 I've got a good handle on what I've got going on. I, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I'm still trying to make it. I think I'm making it. But yeah. you're right. I get yeah. what you're saying. So when we when we get that validation, what do we do with it? Put it in the car next to you. Put a seatbelt on it, and it'll jump out the window before you get home. It's really nothing you can do with it, which is foolish why we even seek it. But we need it. We need it. I look at it this way. You're absolutely right. I do seek validation. After shows, I love when people tell me, hey, man, you were funny. I love that. But that comes from, I remember when I was a new comedian and I wasn't that funny, people used to also tell me, how many credits you need to go back to get your degree? Like, stuff like that. Like, so... I remember when I wasn't funny and people used to make sure I knew that too. Black people very upset, very, very honest. It's like, wow, that's not that's not encouraging at all. They're like, yeah, you need to stop, brother. The same for you, my man. Like, oh, come on. Yeah, I paid $20. You go hear what I got to say. Like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> but, um, shit, I got black family, you know, th- Thanksgiving. Right. What? Right. What? They're like, yo, huh. I'm the funny one. Like, God damn, man, you're a firefighter. I don't come to your job. I don't come to your house and start fires around the house. Be like, ah, you should have put that out quicker. No, mm-hmm. I don't do that. Yeah. Let, let me or, do what I do. Or they say, hey, you're a comedian. Tell me something. Make me laugh. Yeah. Make yeah. me laugh. Babe. Make me laugh. And that usually comes from after 20 minutes of making them laugh. They'd be like, all right, now tell me your joke. Like, you, I just made you laugh for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was all jokes. None of that stuff was real. Yeah. It's kind of like people come to me and say, analyze me. I'm like, no. Right. I don't... I'm not getting paid to do this. Yeah. You know? That's, I'm not giving away my trade for free. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's the same way, but... When we don't give them what they want. Now they got to devalue you. And then we accept that devalue. You must not be that good. That's right. Right. And now we're sitting here feeling like a piece of crap because Mm -hmm. it would have just been easier to tell a joke. But the thing is, they weren't going to laugh anyway. You're right. You're right. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, they weren't going to laugh Stick to the script over there. My goodness. (laughs) That's right. They weren't going to laugh anyway. They weren't going to, they weren't, if I gave them my thought process of their psychological state of health, they would disagree with it. Yes. Because all they are trying to do is convince you that you're not good enough and that they can do it better because they're seeking validation from you, someone who knows what they're doing. Right. And we get caught in that trap, though. Yeah, because it, yeah, you're right. And so for those of us that need constant validation, we've got to make sure that we're getting it from the right people. I I didn't tell you this earlier, and there's a reason that I don't tell people this, because I don't always get an honest opinion. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, I also pastor a church. Oh, cool. And so every Sunday morning, you know, I get up there. And, and you I, got me cursing on your podcast? That, oh, my once, God once, help me. Once again, uh, <laughs> there's a reason that I don't tell people that because then they're not authentic. Right. And so, you know, that that kind of plays into that. Every Sunday morning, I get up there and I pour my heart out. Uh-huh. And then people leave. They shake my hand and say, Preacher, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. Well, next week, they're coming through that receiving line again and saying, that's the best sermon that I've ever heard. So what about the one last week? Right. And so it gets to a point of where you're just saying that because you feel obligated to mm-hmm. say it. You think that's what I want to hear. Yeah. And so as as individuals, we need to realize that most of the time when people are, quote, validating us, mm-hmm. they're just telling us what we want to hear. 
Right. Exactly. Like they really don't feel that way. Right. And so that's why we should get our validation from somebody that we know mm -hmm. will tell the truth. Or every time. Like your mama. She gonna tell you every time. That well, was... my mother's told me like I, I I've written TV shows and uh, I'm on Orange Is the New Black, mm -hmm. and she's like, I still want you to take that sanitation test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you want me hanging off the back of somebody's garbage truck? She's well, it's like, a it's a Plan B, right? Yeah, plan B, but another weird psychology fact: mm -hmm. people who have a Plan B typically always fail Plan A. Exactly, exactly what I was going to say. Plan B means I'm preparing for Plan. A not to work right. and people don't realize in life all of this shit can work out for you 100%. the way you want but if you are preparing for plan A not to work you've almost guaranteed yourself a fail right and I even yes I even pass that on to premarital counseling where mm -hmm. if you have a husband or wife who is demanding a prenup you don't need to get married. That's it. To them. You probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't be doing because they are preparing and protecting themselves from failure. Meanwhile, you're supposed to be in love and you want to be with each other forever. So why would you think anything outside of that? Right. Right. Like it's, like not to cut you off, Doc. You're good. But when I'm about to go on stage, when I'm driving to the show, I envision this shit going one way. I'm about to kill this shit. It's it, Boom, this is going to go A, B, C, D, E, we back in the car. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that never comes into my mind. And whether that's whether I'm doing a 6,000 people, 10,000 people, or a 60 people, I envision it the same way. I completely respect comedy. I do it the right way. None of those awkward turns, No, there's no failures planned in that. And with, with that, as long as that's been my process and I've learned that is my process, I haven't failed doing it that way. Mm. Like you can. You got to amp yourself up. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely uh, right. One thing that people don't do most of the time is we need to be our own biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be that. Right. And because, and we're taught, well, that's selfish. You just, you feel full of yourself. Yes, I do. I feel joy. And, and you're like, absolutely, because <laughs> I'm worth it. Yes. I'm worth it. Because if you don't believe you're worth it, why would we expect anybody else? Exactly. Because they don't have control. You do. Mm -hmm. You do. In the art of business, if you have a team, you should always make sure you are the dumbest one on the team. Right. Because then you're the weakest link. Yes. So that means the team is only as strong as you are. Right. And you can change yourself. You can grow, but you can't make somebody else grow. And so when when we value other people and we have to have that constant validation, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yes. So how do we value ourselves? That's a hard question to answer. The best advice that I can give is to keep a journal of your triumphs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will, those that keep journals, they'll just write out what happened today, mm -hmm. what that their, their takeaway from today. But I encourage people to have two journals, have a bad journal and a good journal, mm. write everything, even if it's, you know, just on this side is bad and this side is good, because you will be able to go back and see on average, that the good way outweighs the bad. Mm. And we've got to pull off of the positive, the things that we did, the things that we didn't have to have any help doing, and the triumphs that we made. 
And when we do that, we begin to see in front of us, tangible in front of us, that, hey, you know what? I am worth it because I did that. Yeah. I did that. And if you need help along the way, which you will, everybody needs help with what they do. It doesn't, it doesn't make you le- any less to ask for help. I think it makes you more. I think so, too. To ask for help. Because you look foolish. No, everybody else knows you need help. Everyone else sees you struggling before you do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we all know you need help. Just ask. Right. It's okay to be vulnerable, but it's not okay to be vulnerable. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes. It, it's all in how you present it. Yes. And so, you know, the the big takeaway from this is that while we seek validation, if we're not getting it from who we need it from, which is ourself, everything else doesn't matter. You know what else I, may, may be the case? We don't want to think that, hey, I am this good or, hey, I, I'm pretty good at what I do. And it's delusional. Like, I'm the mm-hmm. only person who thinks that. Mm-hmm. So that may also be where the validation from strangers right. comes from. But then also there is a psychological condition known as imposter syndrome. What where does that mean? you are a well-known, uh, well-actor, comedian, writer. Uh-huh. Have you ever felt like someday somebody's going to come along and figure out that I'm really not as good as I am? I've, I've had that thought before, yeah. When you continually have that thought in uh-huh. your life— That's called imposter syndrome because you feel like the imposter, that you're going to be found out, that you're the fake, you're the fraud. And if we constantly live in that, we can't validate ourselves. Uh, You're right. You're right. And so there comes this point in time where you say, okay, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? And if we can't value ourselves in our own self-esteem and we have to have it from outside sources, it's not healthy. Right. For instance, let's put it in a medical perspective. Once again, I'm not a medical doctor. I cannot give you medical advice. But if you have a vitamin D deficiency, mm-hmm. which 98% of Americans do just because of diet and exercise. All that pork y'all eating. That's right. It's all that pork. <laughs> all that pork. Uh, it's all that sodium is depleting all of that vitamin exactly. D. Yeah. If I have to have vitamin D... Why would I take a pill, an outside validation, as opposed to doing the things that it takes for me to get it naturally? Well, you said it earlier. You said because that pork tastes good. That's right. (laughs) It does. But at the end of the day, it leaves you sick. Yeah. And it leaves your body, you know, rampant with all other types of problems and issues. You're absolutely right. The problem that comes into play is that we live in what I call a microwave society. We want it now. Yeah. And the problem is that we can't have it now. Mm. Uh, We'll go once again with your diet thing here, since we're on this food kind of analysis or uh, assimilation here. Have you ever gone home and thought, I didn't pick up anything to eat? And there's tons of food. There's tons of junk food. Yes. And so you go eat these stale potato chips or, you know, this stale kale chips or whatever it is that that you eat. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you have eaten all kinds of stuff because you didn't want to take the time to, keyword, prepare. That's it. And so you feel yourself full of junk when you could and then feel empty and feel nasty and dirty and, you know, slothy, all of these adjectives, when you could have taken 30 minutes, that's it. prepared it yourself, and felt full and have been healthy. Yes. When we try to supplement the junk from other people and their validation, mm-hmm. 
It's only going to leave us empty, feeling horrible, slothy, slow, depressed. Wow, that says everything. We have to prepare our validation in ourself, in our self-worth, who we are, where we come from. We got to be proud of who we are. That sounds good, but where I come from, nobody, I, I don't know anybody who's done what I've done. Like, so this is all uncharted territory. Like, comedy's not the family business. Like, right. acting is something, I don't know anybody. Like, as far as, like, people I've grown up with, nobody's ever done that. I mean, sure, everyone's had that dream. But what an opportunity for you as an African-American male uh-huh. to be able to show others that it is possible. Oh, that yeah, you no, can sorry. that you can have this dream. And while you may be an outlier of not being in the family or not even within a, a demographic, that here I am. I did it. Yeah. I did it. Bills is paid. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 to be able to tell to other people, hey, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. One other thing I wanted to touch on real quick and, What's up, baby? and uh if you don't want to talk about this, I'm cool. We could talk about it. Let's um, go. I'm here. I'm over but, the book. But we are right now in an area of America where there is so much division. Yes. As a white man uh-huh. speaking to an African-American man, yeah. we have things like Black Lives Matter. Yes. I have had friends who say, and I'm sure you have heard this, well, when they say Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. And you're right. All lives do matter. But that's like me going home and my wife saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. And me saying, well, yeah, I love everybody. Exactly. Well, that wasn't what she meant. That, would, that's not what that wasn't about. because in order for her to feel loved, she's got to know that she's loved intimately right. by the person she's supposed to receive love from. Mm-hmm. So in order for black lives to matter, mm-hmm. we all have to matter. Yeah. We all have to pull together so that there is a even distribution across the board of respect, of opportunity, of value. And I would tell anybody listening to this podcast, anybody that that might hear anything or any interaction with me would be to say is that there has to be a conversation. Yes. And that conversation has to be, how do you feel? How do I feel? And what is actually going on? Right. Like, all right, with Black Lives Matter... Yes, all lives do matter, but, and I don't mean uh, they matter however. No, all lives matter. That is obvious. That doesn't need to be said. However, there's an issue going on within America. Police are killing black people. I've had crazy situations happen to me with police. My name is Wellington. Mm-hmm. I stay out of the, I stay mm-hmm. away from police. They're, if you see a cop talking to me, he's asking me to make him laugh. I am not breaking the law. <laughs> My name is Wellington. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm not breaking no law. I can tell you stories that will make you go outside and the nearest black person you see, you will put your hand on his shoulder and say, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. There is a real issue going on. However, All lives matter. Everyone matters. We're not discounting any race. However, can we just focus on the fact that innocent black people at an alarming rate are being exterminated 
And now we have social media. You can see it. It's like we've been saying this for a very long time. Help us. See, I'm of the opinion that it's always happened. It has. It's just not. We just has got been, cameras now. It's not ever been as easily accessible. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. I almost was a hashtag. Yeah. I'm going to tell a story. I'm at a diner, 2 a.m., me and a friend. We're just chilling. There's three people in this diner. Me, my boy, and the waitress. Nobody else. 2 a.m. The waitress is actually sitting with us. We're just talking. I'm eating waffles. Like, next thing you know, there's six police officers running in the running in this diner, guns drawn. I got a hoodie on. I like just like I got today. It was gray. The hood's not on my head. Even if it was, that's not justified for shooting me at all. However, it's an article of clothing. I turn around, like, just turn my neck. There are six guns in my face. Mm. They said, we just got a call that there were shots fired in this diner. Who has a gun? Mm-hmm. I said, there's two black guys sitting down and the waitress is white and she's with us. Who the hell even called the police? Like, there's nobody here. Like, the nobody. Like, mm-hmm. this is like this is the furthest from a shot being fired. There wasn't a loud noise. There was absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. And it's like, wow, if I picked up my phone at the wrong time, mm-hmm. I was toast. But on the opposite side of that coin, mm-hmm. if you were a police officer mm-hmm. and you got a call that there were shots being fired in a diner, mm-hmm. if there really was a call, mm-hmm. let's assume that. Would you go in and say, hey, is this where the shots were fired? No. However, I'm not a, I'm not a police officer. I don't know what the proper protocol is, mm-hmm. but I know that can't be it. Okay, so so, you can easily look at the situation and say, there's three people right here sitting down eating. mm -hmm. That does not look like any loud noises even happen. So as a former police officer, Mm -hmm. I would tell you it is the proper protocol, and this is why. If there had been shots fired there, how do we know walking in that someone's not holding you hostage, and that's why it seems to be a normal situation? I understand that. But let me also add this. If I say, how can I help you feel included, Mm -hmm. you can't give me an answer because there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me understand what it has been like to live in your shoes. Right. And that's where the disconnect comes. If if I was raised in the same neighborhood you were raised in, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to understand what it's like to, when I get pulled over by a police officer, have to do a certain thing to make sure that I live. There's nothing in my brain that can prepare me for that. I used to live in a very nice neighborhood, right? I used to live on the beach. Where I lived, it was a very quiet area. Mm -hmm. So at 10 o'clock, the neighborhood is shut down. Everybody's home. Mm -hmm. There's no no stores open. Right. I do comedy. I'm getting home at 1.30, 2 a.m. in the the morning. Right. Only person on the road is me and the police. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to get pulled over every single night. I was mm-hmm. the only black person in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I remember vividly plenty nights that, what the fuck are you doing in this neighborhood? Right. <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I'll just take a ticket. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But that wasn't on the menu. And right. it's like, what are you so mad at at 2 a.m.? You got an easy day of work. Right. I'm the only person on the road. I'll take a ticket for whatever you could write mm-hmm. it for. Then when it's a pattern and I'm not even getting the ticket, Mm -hmm. 
oh, this is obvious what this is. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. We can live in the same neighborhood. We can live on the same block and have two completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. And I say that because the guy who lived directly across the street from me, he was black. Mm -hmm. And he was a police officer. He was actually a detective. He goes, I get calls about you every day. I'm like, what do I do? He goes, one, you know I'm never home. He goes, but I talk to my wife. He goes, you don't do anything. He goes, your music is never loud. He goes, there aren't a lot of a lot of people in and out of your house. I was like, even if I was, that's not against the law. But he goes, these people just don't want you here. He mm-hmm. goes, and they're okay with having me here because I'm a detective. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, that, I just wanted to let you know what is being said to you about your, mm-hmm. from your neighbors. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And race is always the last thing that comes in my head because... My grandmother is, she's she's a white woman. She's blonde hair and gray eyes. Mm-hmm. Like my grandmother is easily whiter than you. Mm-hmm. Like 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 she is. And and for those of you who cannot see us, <laughs> that is near impossible to be she whiter is than the I am. Whitest person, and it's like so. Race is is always the last thing to come in my head because mm-hmm. it's the easiest thing to say. Sure. And it's like, no, you got to, maybe you did something wrong. Did mm-hmm. you have a look in the mirror? You did something wrong. Right. It's like, you know, the kid at school that says, the, the teacher failed me because she didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe because you did homework mm-hmm. one night the whole semester. So do you think that the proverbial race card mm-hmm. is pulled because it's the easiest? Yes, but it's used inappropriately and quickly a lot. But it does have merit to it. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that a hundred percent. So it's like yes, but and no at the same. But time. at the at the same time, there are people doing things that they know is wrong. Yes, and looking, when they get caught, it's race. It's race. Yes. So I uh, will sum this all up with psychology here, since okay. this is a psychological podcast and mm-hmm. not a Black Lives Matter podcast or right, anything right. like that. But our viewers or our listeners can't see, but I've got a little. Uh, what, six ounce, eight ounce bottle of water. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do a little test here. Tell me what you see. Bottle of Poland Spring water. Okay. Small bottle of Poland Spring. Okay. Now ask me what I see. What do you see? I see Source, Maine, Clearwater, Hollis, Evergreen Spring, Freiburg, Spruce Spring. Now, did we have the same answer? No. Who's wrong? Nobody. You have to. We didn't give the same answer. Right. Well, no, 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 no. In every situation, is once not again, you're so not right. following the script. All right, all right. The whole point is, we can't see past our own perspective to understand that there's reality between yeah. us. It's not so much that there is hate between the race, mm-hmm. but it's that we don't understand that we can't understand. And people don't deal with things they don't understand well. They try to not deal with them at all. Right. And when, like, okay, I know people who, when you use big words around them, mm-hmm. they get offended. Sure. And they get offended because they think you're calling them dumb. Right. And it's like, no, I just thought this was an appropriate time to let you know. Right. Like uh, certain words describe exactly how I feel. Right. Well, I have, I have a lady that does some clerical work for me and she was having a problem getting the printer to print certain documents that I need. So I went in and I, 
I typed out and screenshotted the computer so she could see what she was supposed to see where she was. And it turned into like this five page manual mm -hmm. of how to do this. And so when she got it, her first response was, you must think that I'm dumb. Yeah. Cause of the screenshots. Yeah. As opposed to thank you for taking the time and the energy to make sure that I understood. Right. We have been conditioned to imply the negative. You're right. And as long as we condition and we continue to imply the negative, there will never be any positive because it's going to take five times the amount of positive to overturn the one bad negative. You're right. So this really isn't anything we can solve in this generation. No, I don't think so. But it is a wonderful time and a great time to start. Exactly. I was just about to say we could take steps towards it. Yeah. Comedian by the name of Kyle Grooms has a great joke about it. He goes, America has a problem with race. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, nobody in America is racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is genius. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody admits to it, but it's there's really a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not a Black Lives Matter podcast. Right, though, right. right. We can talk about you that You have more questions time. you wanted to ask me. We're not ending this. Come on, let's go. Well, well uh. Let's see here. So I, I we'll finish it with this this last because uh, you asked me to think here. about like um yeah what the land of unknown you know yeah what, I mean? what what do you do what do you do if you don't know what to do you don't know how to move forward in your career you're stuck then that means I got to get better how do you get better there's always something you're not doing there's always maybe you need to lose weight maybe you need to like this is entertainment maybe well, you need i know i need to lose weight but i don't want to hear it from you <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's that's, that's the, the problem thing, yeah that's the problem you're right you're right mm -hmm. oh yeah you don't need to tell me who the hell are you mm -hmm. there's always something you can do to better yourself like i feel like earlier you asked me how do you navigate in show business knowing where you don't know when the next time you may work again mm -hmm. i look at that as like i think that's what People say, or people say that because it's true. You can work right now and not work again for three years. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's normal. Mm -hmm. Like Will Smith don't, does not have a movie coming out next year. Right. No. But but he the, got a little bit of padding there to. Yeah, yeah. He got. Yeah. He made enough money yeah. on the last one to yeah. last them for six Months. lifetimes. Months. So. Yeah. <laughs> What I do is I do a bunch of different things. I don't just act. I also write. I also do comedy. So it's like when I'm not acting, I'm on stage. Like like during the pandemic, not only was I on stage every single day, I wrote a TV show and a movie. Mm. So it's like I feel if I'm busy, I'm making money. Yeah, it's not the traditional job where I'm going to get paid on Friday. I'll get paid enough in due time That'll not only make up for the time that I didn't get paid, mm -hmm. it'll make up for future breaks or gaps in, you know what I mean? So you're saying that we should divest or diversify our talents. Yes. Don't get focused on one no. acting. I've got to act. I've got to act in television shows. You know, you just made, you just made it so small when you say that, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you have to multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income. If you don't have multiple streams of income, you you have lost already because something's going to happen that alters that one stream of income you have. It's, that's just life. 
So if there was one piece of advice, one takeaway that you could give from this whole podcast uh-huh. that you could tell the whole world, and I know you have a podcast, so you're used yeah. to being able to tell the whole world or whatever you think, what would be the one thing within this past, uh, in this 20, 30 minutes here, but in the whole podcast today that we've had, mm-hmm. what would be the one takeaway, the one piece of advice that you would give our listeners? With being selfish, that, that's actually not a bad thing. People are insecure about your security. Absolutely. Don't let other people influence you and that you really do know your shit. Because mm-hmm. I do seek validation in other people. And, and being that I never put that label on it, I never put that label on it, but I also haven't looked at the I, the, the flip side, mm-hmm. meaning you seek validation in other people. All right, cool. So when the tables turn and they tell you that you're not as good as you think you are or that you're ugly or whatever, anything negative, you gave them that power and that that has to, you have to empower your thoughts. Cause mm-hmm. I never wanted to be the delusional guy mm-hmm. who thinks that uh, what I say is golden, mm-hmm. but that shit might be golden to, at least it has to be to me. Mm-hmm. Cause validation most of the time is not reciprocal. Right. And we're giving these people all this power, knowing we're probably not going to get anything back. Exactly. And you most definitely won't get what you think you're going to get from it. And if you give something expecting something, then that's selfish. Yes. But it's okay to be selfish. It's okay. Yeah. You have to look out for yourself. That's right. I'm number one. I've got to take care of me. There's a reason when you get in an airplane that it says put on this oxygen fast before you help anyone else. Yes. Because if you're dead, you can't help anybody else. That's it. And that's the same with, that's life. That's a life lesson. Like a lot of people just speed past that. Like that's an airline lesson. No, that's Mm -hmm. a life lesson. You have to make sure you're well enough that you can help someone else Mm -hmm. at the least. I just want to know why I need the bottom of my seat to become a flotation device when I'm flying from Charlotte to New York. Exactly. Are we taking a detour going yeah. the way? Right. Yeah. Why are we flying over the Atlantic right. anyway? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, Welly, it was good to have you with us here today this on was Talks fun. DX. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but tell us once again where people can find you. You can find me on Instagram, Welly Jackson. That's W-E-L-L-I-E. Also, Welly's World Podcast on all streaming platforms. Man, we just sit, we just have fun. We sip champagne and we have fun. Talk about what happened, what's going on in our, in our world that week. And you're going to do me that way. We drink water on Doc Bryan's show, but it's, we drink champagne in Welly's World. But here's the catch. You guys have a refrigerator with two <laughs> bottles of champagne in it. You just didn't want to drink it with me. So I'm feeling some kind of I gave you that validation, yeah. that validation. Yeah. yeah. And being from the South and being a good Southerner, I would just say, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bless yours as well. This was fun. This was yeah. fun. And enlightful. Yeah. Well, I've been Doc Brian here on Doc Talks DX. You can find me at thedocbrian.com. Remember to be kind to one another, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.